This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. All right, all right. We are back with another episode of the Rocks to Roots podcast. How's it going, Dwayne? It's going great. How are you doing, Hillary? I'm doing good. I'm channeling our plantiness for this podcast. Aww. My coffee cup says, my plants understand me. And I think we will all be on the same page as this cup in here after this episode. Most definitely. <laughs> and Brennan's got his flower shirt on. I mean, we just, we brought it today. It is a plant day. <laughs> Well, we have an awesome episode. We have Crystal Preel, the owner of The Plant Project, joining us today. So thanks for being here, Crystal. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks. Well, um, let's jump right in. So tell us just a little bit about your background and how you first um, initially took interest in plants. I um, actually just grew up surrounded by plants. So I was raised by my grandparents and they were the crazy plant people. Um, I had no idea people did not have indoor jungles in their house. <laughs> uh, my grandpa actually owned a landscaping company and he um, he did landscaping for the stars in um, California. So he landscaped oh, wow. the Brady Bunch house. Um, not when they were on set. He told me that that was AstroTurf, but the outside, when they show the whole house, that was a real house that he did. Okay, um, that's so yeah. cool. And he had many famous clients, and then my grandma had the whole house filled with houseplants. So I just was born to do this, I think. <laughs> Heck yes. And are you a Spokane native? I'm not. I am originally from Arizona and then moved to Idaho for a short time for high school uh, with my family and then over to Washington about five years ago. Okay. And so um, growing up with your grandparents, being surrounded by plants, is that what, did you get a degree in horticulture or? Uh, no, I didn't. I just um, sort of learned by trial and error and learned from my grandma and practice makes perfect. Really, I, you know, did some outdoor or outside research on my own, but no formal education um, I worked mostly for the school district and I did work in nurseries for a few years um, okay. during the summertime. So I had some professional training, but I was, I was well into my plant journey before I worked there. <laughs> well, grandma's training seems to be better than any sort yeah. of formal training, I would say. Yeah. I just grew up, you know, and picked it up and it just became part of who I was. And I just learned, you know, you wake up on Saturday and you water the plants and you drink the coffee and <laughs> it just became the way that I thought life was. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more of how, what that looked like. I mean, were you experimenting with different propagation techniques or just kind of just growing for fun? Yeah. At first, I think I was scared. So I just got a pot plant. I left it in the pot it was in. I put it in a window. I tried not to look at it. I was very intimidated. <laughs> um, and then I think when I started getting pothos and things that vine and grow quickly, I got the propagation bug really bad and I had plants all over the place. I was propagating everything I could find and I was always gifting things to people. So I loved to come in with a pile of propagations and leave them on people's desks before they got in in the morning and stuff like that. I was always scattering plants around the world everywhere I went. <laughs> That's really cool. And so you mentioned that you worked for the school district. So mm -hmm. a teacher, I'm assuming? Um, I was a special ed para. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did a lot of um, special programs and things like that, primarily with children who have autism. 
wow, was kind of my my little niche there. Awesome. Great. Did you get to introduce them on how to propagate plants? And to I grow? did actually. So I um, in the school district, I did some different programs like alternative recess programs and things like that. And I was able to use the school greenhouse and we did, oh, we, we grew sunflowers and little veggies and things with the kids. And I, I just absolutely loved it. It was one of my favorite plant things to do because the kids really just take ownership and they get so excited to see how their plant grew. And of course we used plants that grow very quickly. So if they haven't seen them over the weekend, then there was a massive amount of <laughs> noticeable growth. So they would just get so excited and, carry their pots around and talk to them and sing to them. And I just loved seeing that, especially in the kids that I worked with, you know, some of them maybe had struggles with other peers and things like that, but they could, they could get that interaction with the plants. And there is something that came alive in them that was really inspiring. And the ones that got sung to, they grow even better. Yes, of course. I love that so much. Maybe I should start singing my plants a little bit more. Yes, it will make you happier. I guarantee it. I'm totally taking that advice. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, so tell us what the plant project is. Oh my gosh, it's my baby. Um, (laughs) So I started out online only. So I was an online houseplant retailer um, right in the thick of COVID when we were in massive shutdown. So it was no contact pickup on my porch in a cooler, you know, I'd message you, you message me that you're there. I put the plant out. I go back in the house, message you that it's there. And then you come up and get it. (laughs) And it's just grown and grown and grown. Um, now I have a 2000 square foot indoor nursery with some outdoor space as well. Um, we do primarily house plants, but I, my love of plants started in outdoors. So I have some outdoor now, um, some herbs, some veggies, some perennials. Um, and then we also do a lot of products from local vendors that go kind of with the plants, um, pottery and things like that. And then um, also our soil blends that are made in-house. And um, I've created all of those recipes myself. That's really cool. (laughs) And we're going to dive into that a little bit more later in the podcast. But so um, you mentioned that um, it started up during COVID and you were online only. And I have since we were all cooped up in our houses in COVID, it seemed like there was a huge surge in like the house plant um, industry. And so kind of what was your perspective and is that what led you to open up your shop just to the, the demand that was going on? Um, in a way. Yeah. I, I was always into plants as we kind of touched on, but yeah, when the COVID shutdown happened and we were all stuck at home and realized how stark our houses were and we needed some greenery, it really did kind of bring that out in people. And people often tell me they're not plant people and that COVID made them plant people. And I don't believe that at all. We are nature. We're part of nature. We're just, you know, animals too. And we love plants. And so I love that it awakened that in people and people who thought that they couldn't keep things alive now have indoor jungles. And it it really did encourage me to take the leap because I was working for the school district and school shut down, which is a thing that none of us ever thought would be possible. Mm -hmm. So it sort of flipped my world upside down, you know, as it did everyone's, but I, I can't sit still either. So not going to work and just sitting on my computer on zoom for six or seven hours a day was kind of crushing my soul. Mm -hmm. And all I wanted to do was run outside. And I started doing my meetings outside and sitting, just laying in my grass, doing my meetings. And then I just realized, you know what, this is where I need to be. I need, I need the connection to the plants and I need to just sort of take the jump. Everything's crazy. And why not, while the world is going crazy, just do a crazy thing and take the jump and do something that I've thought about, talked about, you know, dreamt about. The demand was so high. So I figured 
no better time than right now. Yeah. Well, it definitely takes a lot to go out and start your own shop. So (laughs) what do you accredit to, you know, really just being able to make that jump for yourself? Honestly, tenacity. (laughs) I love it. I am stubborn as can be. And when I want something, I am going to get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've worked in nurseries, like I said, seasonally, and it was my favorite. I didn't feel like I was going to work. I... I was getting too paid to do a hobby and I knew that the business ownership would not be that easy and it definitely would not feel like a hobby, but it's something that I'm incredibly passionate about and I just had to. And when I started and I ran into people that I used to work with, they said, oh my gosh, finally, you've been talking about this for 10 years. (laughs) Yay. That's (laughs) awesome. So you had a nice little support group too then. I did. I did. And I, I don't even think I realized how many people were waiting for me to make this jump and do this, but so many people just said, oh, finally, and then rushed into my shop. And now it's it's sort of reinvigorated some friendships, too, of, you know, people that you lose touch with because you don't have so much in common. Mm-hmm. But now they they need plant advice and they want plants. And so I get to see old friends and people, you know, former coworkers, And it's really fun. And it keeps me connected to that old part of me. Mm-hmm. That's this awesome. probably got to be the easiest door, huh? To start start a conversation. How do you grow this? How do you water this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. And always learning. At least I always am learning about plants. I feel yeah. like, you know, there's always some new piece of information out there. Mm-hmm. So. And with my background in education, um, that's kind of what I focus on in my business, too. I love to educate people in plants. And I love when they have that moment that my students had where they think, oh, I kill everything. And then all of a sudden they have these thriving plants that they're so proud of themselves. They're like, I did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you have a great name for your business. How did you come up with it? The Plant Project. (laughs) I wanted to, it took a very long time, actually. I think designing my website and coming up with my name took almost as long as moving into my store. Um, I wanted to convey the future growth that I hoped for for my business, that I didn't want to be just a houseplant store. I wanted to do a lot of things. I wanted to support other local plant-related entities, organizations, businesses, Um, I wanted to do indoor, outdoor. I want to do all of the crazy plant projects themselves. If, you know, I meet with a lot of local people and I have a bunch of projects that we're doing right now of people trying to um, create more usable space for people. You know, a lot of us have roommates or we don't have a lot of space. We have apartments, we have tiny yards, but we still want to have all of the plants that we want. And so I'm working with people to kind of make that possible, grow more things indoors that you're not typically able to do. I kind of like to push the limits with plants and do what I want to do (laughs) and just crazy unique things all the time. So I wanted to leave my name open to where I'm not just a store. I can be anything related to plants. God, I love that. So smart. (laughs) So smart. (laughs) I didn't even know at the time. I just knew I didn't want to be limited to being a houseplant store, but now I'm so glad to to, uh, I'm glad that I did that because we'll talk about a couple other things later, but yeah. um, I have some irons and some fires. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. And so you just mentioned that you work with a lot of the local vendors here. Um, is there a, a lot of vendors with that like-mindedness that you're, that you have there just trying to get plants out to people and there are, and I, I love it. So originally in my houseplant journey, you know, it felt a little bit scary and a little bit like I'm on my own island floating on no man's land. And now I've met such awesome people with the same goals and the same values. And I'm really, really excited to be working with them. 
Um, so I have, I carry items from different vendors and I don't want to forget anyone. So, um, <laughs> but I have lots and lots of people that I work with. So Northwest Crafted is um, my macrame company that I work with and she is a good friend of mine. We actually opened our businesses about the same time. So it's been really fun to grow together. <laughs> no pun intended, but yeah. also we are growing things together. Um, she teaches macrame classes and she does a lot of um, different things in the shop. She's kind of the creativity infusion if you will um megan with that's megan yes yes everyone knows megan macrame megan yeah megan actually did a macrame class at our farm and food expo oh yes yeah a few years ago yeah fabulous yes what a great person love her so she is super fun brings a lot of creativity a lot of activity um and then i also work with um spokane refillery so she is um refillery so Mm -hmm. you can bring your clean and um reusable containers and fill up on different cleaning products and things like that um she carries a lot of sustainable goods which i really um am passionate about and so she has a little section in the shop too um we have light and clay ceramics she does um hand hand sculpted pottery and she's actually um has a studio on trent so she's very local she's a neighbor Nice. Um, we met her at one of our macrame classes, actually, which is funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the Pines Prince, she is our our print gal. She does all of the stickers, the shirts, the mugs, custom items for fun events that we do. And she's a, a friend of ours, too. And then Slow Dirt, um, they are super awesome. So Slow Dirt is a local systemic organic pest defense and uh, made here in Spokane by husband-wife team. And that goes into all of my soil. And I met them just through um, a networking group that I'm in. And one of my friends there met him, met Jeff at Sloter, and said, <laughs> he is absolutely amazing. You have to meet him and get his soil amendment. So that's been a fantastic relationship. I love them. I love when he comes into the shop. Jeff and Diane have just great energy. Uh, yes, great I was just going to say their energy and their knowledge is insane. And the energy that they bring into the shop just gets me going for the rest yes. of the week. Yeah, <laughs> they're so fun. And, you know, so many ideas. And yeah, we just get going crazy. And so up at Vets in the Farm, we do use a slow dirt product. And we have noticed a huge difference in yes. just the annoying little pests like flea beetles and things. Yeah. Put that slow dirt in there and you don't got to worry about it. Exactly. Them, so. I Great use it product. at home. I use it in my plants at the shop. It goes into my soil everywhere. I highly, highly suggest that. They have been such a good company to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, then I also have Lush Cotton Candy. So we got the sugary goods too. Yeah. She is awesome. Um, obviously gourmet cotton candy. She also makes um, cotton candy bombs, which are super fun. And the kids love those. Um, So it's a little ball of cotton candy and it's just a color like gold or something. And then when you drop it into your champagne or Sierra mist for the kiddos, it changes color. Oh, cool. So she does uh, gender reveals and parties and things like that. That is super fun to have in the shop. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's right at the front door. When you walk in, I have this wall of tasty cotton candy. (laughs) Heck yeah. We're going to go get a sugar high and go and And support all these local (laughs) ladies. Yeah. And then the last one is bungalow candles and she is super awesome. Hand poured candles and they're all very local. So Spokane names, Spokane inspired scents uh, and reusable 
little glass jars too. They're super cute and good for propagations. Man. So if you want to support, lo- support local business, go to the we are your plant project stop. and you can support a ton at one time. Yeah. And I love that because I was able to build this tiny business, leave my nine to five job, do my own thing. And now these guys are getting to do the same thing. And it is so exciting to be able to help them out, watch their businesses grow, watch them be able to have more time with their families too. Mm-hmm. And well, with all- yeah. And just that web of support. And I'm sure yeah. you guys are always mm-hmm. just, you know, Oh, we're all such good friends now. And like we said, you know, the energy that Jeff and Diane bring, all of my vendors just bring all of these unique pieces that really just just create such a great vibe and community in our shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people inside the plant community, the ones that support it, the ones that grow it, for some reason, they all have a good outlook on life. Yeah. I think it's the oxygen of the plants, maybe. <laughs> I know, or, right? I just, yeah. <laughs> so mentioning all these wonderful vendors, uh, do y'all do any classes at all? We do. We offer quite a few classes. We have um, macrame with macrame Megan. And then we also do um, planting and art classes. Uh, we do kokodama, which is a really popular one. Um, I got to jump in. What is kokodama? Mm-hmm. Kokodama is a Japanese style um, of planting that was originally meant to display the root ball because they found it uh, to be artful. Yeah. Hmm. So we do a little simplified version because it's it can be challenging. You need two or three or four hands in order to correctly do kokodama. So we get kokodama balls that are sort of already made round for us and they have a, a wire mesh inside. So they're a lot sturdier. Nice. They hold up better. So it's almost like a pot and um, it's easier that way. And then we plant different things in them. You can do one bigger plant or we have three minis that you can make your own little arrangement in there. And it's a little moss ball that hangs and it's super cute. So um, you get all of the ingredients, all of your soil and your plants and everything included. And then Macrame Megan comes in and helps you do a little jute plant hanger too. Oh, that's so cool. It's awesome. very cute. Yeah. And we always do snacks and refreshments with our classes too. So it's very comfy and homey and they're very, very fun. We have a lot of families, you know, mom, daughter, grandmas come together. Yeah. Well, my mom and I stopped in your shop um, just a few weeks ago and I absolutely love the coffee cup hanging planters. (laughs) We are totally coming to that class for like our herbs that we cook Mm -hmm. with and things to put inside. I just thought that was such a very creative idea. Yeah. And that's the thing that I love about working with all the local artists is nothing in our shop is from anywhere else. You can't get it anywhere else. And you can walk in and say, oh, I like this, but it's a little too long for my space or something. And we can just whip it up custom for your space with the colors that match your house, everything that you want. Right down to, I mean, Pines Prince makes custom mugs and everything. I have pictures of plants on all of my cups and all of our coffee cups that we use for the the classes have funny things on them. And everything, like I said, down to the napkins and plates are (laughs) planty. We might have to take rocks to roots on the road and go do a field trip. There we go. Oh, that'd be Sit fun. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you do sell um, soil at your store, custom built, custom made. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Like what are the differences and why do you have different ones? Yeah. The soil was actually my first um, product before I even had plants, before I was licensed. I started, I didn't like the soil that usually came in the nursery pots you know, they're mass producing, so they do Mm -hmm. the most cost effective thing, but it's not always the best for the growth of your plant. So I would change out my own soil and do my own mixes. And I started, um, you know, sharing with my friends. And then I realized, hey, I'm onto something here. 
And I started, the Aeroid was my first mix, which I say is sort of my all purpose if there were to be one. Um, and then I started doing Dry Guy, which is my succulent and cacti mix. Then I added the Chonky, which is mostly, <laughs> everyone always chuckles with that name I and I love it. Names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chonky is mostly for like the specialty plants, those Albo Monsteras and Hoyas and things like that. They, they need a little moisture retention more than cacti and succulents, but not as much as the Aeroid. Um, they tend, the roots tend to rot, so they need a little bit more air space in there. So that one is, as the name would suggest, very chunky so that there's lots of air in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I carry also a carnivorous mix and I'm working on a bonsai and I have an outdoor mix also right now. Oh, What is a carnivorous mix for? Uh, carnivorous plants. So they eat bugs. Oh, like oh, uh, Venus fly traps and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. They are really popular because they're fun. They eat bugs and they look really weird and there's a bunch of different varieties. So I carry um, carnivorous plants quite a a lot. And so I started doing some soil. Do you have that one that has, and I can't remember the name right now, it has a spike in the center. It's very odorous when it flowers. No, that's uh, the voodoo lily. Is that what you're? I think so. Yes. Yes. No, they have one at SCC. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I've seen yes, the, plant, uh, the huge flower. one. I go visit it. I don't know what it is about <laughs> smelling a weird smelling flower that makes me drive down the road, but I have to every year when it's in bloom. <laughs> so you mentioned that you created these soils. So how did you find the right ingredients? I'm sure there was some trial and error in there, but how did that all come about? There has been a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I've changed my mixes a few times um, just because, you know, I learn. I'm always trying to improve and learn new things and add something new. And when I met um, Slow Dirt, I definitely, I changed everything and added their stuff to everything except the carnivorous because we don't want to kill the bugs in the mm-hmm. bug eating plants. Yeah. Um, I, I spend a great deal of time hunting down soil supplies. Um, the supply chain and all of the shipping issues with COVID has really put a hard time on my soil supplies. Mm-hmm. Um some of them like perlite is one of the ingredients and there aren't very many distributors or producers and most of them are overseas. So when shipping crates weren't coming over, we were not able to get them. So that has been a challenge, but I spend a lot of time making sure that I'm at least getting something comparable. It's, it's an art form for sure. And I'm very picky about my soil. (laughs) No one is allowed to mix it. I have help, but they bag it and move it and things like that. But I, I hand blend everything myself. Nice. That's awesome. So when you just mentioned like shipping with uh, problems with vermiculite, did you just jump to perlite or to uh, pumice or? I've had issues with all of the ingredients mostly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been real hard. It's also because of plant businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The demand has gotten so high that we all sell out and fight for supplies. So it's just part of the Tough on the Part business, of where but we're at right society, now. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a great problem to have that we're all planting things, you know, so I try not to get too worried about it. <laughs> so um, there are, you know, other plant shops here around town and in the community. Um, but what would you say really sets your store? Um, excuse me. What would you say makes your shop really stand out um, amongst the rest? I would say probably the fact that we are so local and support so many other tiny businesses. Um, It really 
it, it creates a one of a kind aesthetic for the store and a different environment because our vendors are very involved in the shop too. So there's kind of a family element to it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the knowledge. We do have a lot of things like the, the hand mixed soils that we're the only ones who do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lifetime of plant knowledge and I have now have a fantastic team who if you put all five of us together, I don't think there's a plant we don't know and haven't personally had. <laughs> so we have we have a massive amount of knowledge and and a desire to educate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have to say that, yeah, when I stopped in your store, your staff member who was there at the time was just, I mean, I felt like we were on a tour. It was so <laughs> great. I mean, they knew every plant. They knew um, the benefits of those plants. Um, it was just a really, really fun experience in your, when we visited your shop. So you have, you know, we talked about the different varieties and the different types of plants that you have in your shop. How do you decide what inventory you keep there or that you bring in? Oh man, it's tough. It's tough. Um, we do a wish list, so that's where I start. So if okay. you come in and you say, oh my gosh, I'm really looking for this specific plant, but I don't see it here, we'll write it down on a list. And every week when I order, I grab that book and I look through it and anything that I can get that's on there, I add to my order. Um, so that helps. Then I always kind of want to keep the basics. I like to keep a lot of really easy care plants because people don't want to rearrange their entire house and life for one plant. So I try to keep really easy things in a lot. So I make sure I always have the staples, you know, the pothos, the snake plants, the really easy ones. They make great gifts. You don't want to gift someone something that needs a humidifier and a grow light and unless you're going to buy them all of those things too. (laughs) So I I like to keep the easy ones. So if you want to, you know, grab something for a coworker or something like that, that's always on hand. But then the fun is I love weird plants. So I always have weird things in too. I love to get euphorbias that are crazy and weird and grow all out there and anything that's exciting and crazy anything I haven't seen before in person I will order (laughs) I like to keep it fresh if I haven't had something in my shop before and I see it on my list I will get it Mm -hmm. well and you have a very beautiful glass case in one of your corners (laughs) of your shop talk to us about some of those plants in there so that is our humidity loving area so those ones are a little higher maintenance and the case is uh, more for my rares or semi-rares so those are uh, plants that need more care they need higher humidity so they're in there to keep them away from drafts and things like that Um, and then also some of the rares that are harder to find some of them, um, you know, are a little fussier. They need some different, more of a controlled environment. So I have those over there in that area. And usually those ones need a lot more light too, or they're flowering like begonias. So I have those lights in there too, to try and get them to pop some flowers. Nice. Yeah. So what's the craziest one you keep on hand? Ooh. Or at least your favorite craziest one? Gosh, dragon fruit is pretty weird. I don't see very often. And I've had that one in a few times. I just get weird plants so regularly, I don't even know. <laughs> I love to have weird plants. Euphorbias are very weird in themselves because they, they're not really cacti, they're not really tropicals, and they tend to grow kind of alien looking. Some of them have spikes, some of them are just twisted and weird looking, and so I really like those. Um, and big, huge things, big palm trees and stuff like that. I'm really having fun with big, big, big plants right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any really wacky requests and you're like I can't do that <laughs> like, yes. I can't bring that in <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have people sometimes that ask um I've had people ask for saguaro cactus uh-huh. um I 
I don't know how you would keep that alive here and I don't know how you would move it. Like they wanted a big, Oh, big one. And which kind of cactus is that? Like the state cactus of Arizona oh. with the arms. So it's got the straight. And the <laughs> yeah, TS. they're like 10 feet tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not just going to just bring that up here to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get strange ones like that sometimes where mostly that's the weirdest thing is they just don't think about the environment you would need to create or what it would take to create that environment. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, and I, it always makes me sad. I'm like, now I have to break their poor heart because <laughs> I have to tell them they can't have what they want. And I don't like doing that, mm-hmm. but you know, it's our responsibility to create the right environment for the plants. So, so Crystal, as a business owner, what would you say are like your top three priorities, um, that position you for success? Probably I would say creativity number one, because I, we have like little powwows at the shop and just sort of throw out every idea there is. And I think that's another thing that sets us apart because that's why we're the plant project. I will try pretty much anything. And so we use that to our advantage a lot. Any Mm -hmm. crazy idea that people would maybe be too scared to try or intimidated, we will just go for it. And I think that that really, I mean, it sounds like a crazy strategy, but it's, I think it's what keeps us growing. We don't get stagnant because we ignore that fear. Nice. The growth is, is powered by just dreams, honestly, dreams, creativity, and just our unwillingness to compromise what we want to do and where we want our shop to go. Mm-hmm. So out of the five of you, do you find a dynamic? I know you just said you're all about it. You all go for it. But is there at least someone that's more on the the level side that's like, oh, maybe we're going too far. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you do have someone to draw you back. And, and we do really encourage that because I am the crazy one and I will just keep going. I always say yes. I'm like, yeah, let's try that and that <laughs> and that. And we'll have four events on the same day. So yes, I do have someone to kindly remind me to take it down a notch, <laughs> but we're go. all a little bit out there and pretty <laughs> adventurous. So I think that that's what keeps us, keeps us growing as quickly as we have. We have it in the back of our mind that we should slow down and be cautious, but we're still going for it. <laughs> hey, you really like that. Heck yeah. Well, and that's great to, you know, as a business, it's important to take some risks sometimes. And um, I mean, I can just already tell that you have a great, you know, eye for staff and the people you want to surround yourself with. So that's definitely got to be another thing that just has really helped you get to where you are with your shop. Yes. I have to say, Megan and I talk all the time about how lucky we are with our staff and how fortunate we are. They are amazing rock stars and they keep us motivated. Their excitement and their passion for the plants too really just kind of keeps me going. I'm passionate about plants and I love plants, but I work very long hours and I've been at this for a few years now. And sometimes, you know, the business part of it gets to me and it's all about the the stress and the running of the business. And they remind me what it's really about. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking away creativity, great staff and dedication. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Dedication is definitely, you know, we say all the time, this isn't easy, but that's why we don't, you know, that's why everyone's not doing it. If it is easy, everyone could do it. Everyone would own their own business. None of us would be employees. No one, you know, there'd be 500 plant stores. Mm-hmm. So we remind ourselves like <laughs> it's worth it. It's definitely a hundred percent. I, it's worth it. I have not doubted that for a moment. So even in the hard times, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
So now I kind of want to get into the really plant geeky portion of our interview (laughs) with you. Um, I have some questions that I think our listeners uh, might also have as well. So I'm curious, what are some of your top tips for styling and caring for houseplants? Bottom watering. Okay. We try to beat this into everyone's heads. Um, A lot of plants, especially your string of hearts and your string of pearls and trailing plants and things like that, people struggle a lot because they just walk over and dump water into the pot Mm -hmm. and it will rot all of those little strings where you drop the water. So you get a huge bald spot and only plant growth around the edges. Then the edges get really long and heavy. And since there's nothing on top, it snaps them off and their plant just turns into this soggy mess. So bottom watering, we put, we water everything in the shop, bottom water, even our big 10 inch palm trees. Mm. Um, We have been like plastic Rubbermaid bins and we just fill it a little bit with water and then, you know, set the pots in there. When they're heavy, after a few minutes, we pull them out. So that sounds amazing. And I'm going to jump into our flower baskets where I've noticed on some mine Mm -hmm. that's happened. Same thing. So when you have hundreds of plants to do at one time, you still do the same thing? You just take a couple hours to do it every morning? Yeah, it. Um, we've gotten it down to about three to four hours now. Okay, so it's three to four hours to water the shop. Yeah. And um, that's roughly every other day? Oh, no, no, no. Once a week. Once a week. Okay. Yes. That's the other plant tip. People water way too much as a general rule. Most people overwater. Um, tropicals should be watered about once a week. Now, we don't we go on a schedule at the shop because we have to for staffing, but I tell people in their, their house, do not go on a schedule because your plant doesn't know what day it is. It only knows the environmental effects. So if it's been dry outside or if it's been wet outside will change. I mean, if it's been raining all week, you're not going to need to water in your house as much either because there's so much moisture in the air Mm. that the soil won't dry out as quickly for us again, for staffing and things like that we do, but we know to, we know if something doesn't need water and we'll skip it. Um, but yeah, we have like kitchen carts that we roll around with Rubbermaid tubs on top, like the shallow ones. And we just fill them up and we have like four or five carts that we roll around the shop and just bottom water that way. And so tips for not overwatering for a homeowner, uh, what would you say allow your leaves to get a little wilty? Uh, is it one inch of the topsoil, let it dry out? What would you say? It depends on the plant. So tropicals, we say, let the top half of your soil dry out. And that usually equates to about once a week with your succulents and your cacti and Hoyas. People overwater Hoyas very badly. They are not tropicals. They're basically traveling or trailing succulents. So with my Hoyas and my succulents, I just pinch the leaves. If they're a little bit soft, that's when I water. If they're firm, no water. Doesn't matter if your soil is so dry, it's separating around the pot. If your leaves are firm, it does not need water. Mm. And I think that's why people overwater. They'll get in this scheduled watering where they're watering, you know, I water on Saturday and here come their succulents and they're watering on Saturday and they don't need it. Then they will just slowly start to die. So, gotcha. yeah. And the, the bottom watering, I think, helps stop people from overwatering too, because you can pour a whole watering can into a four inch pot, <laughs> but if you bottom watering, you notice a lot more because it's heavy when you go to pick yeah. it up, it's dripping out and you're like, oh, that was a lot. So I think that that helps teach people a little bit better watering. Good point. So we just um, renovated like our bedroom and I really want to make sure that it is, you know, it's all the feng shui, it's all the good vibes in there and everything. I'm wondering if you um, have any 
Like, are there any plants that that should be in certain rooms of the house? There probably are. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with like feng shui or any of that, (laughs) but um, I just, I like to arrange my house in a way that is functional to me. Mm Mm-hmm. When I first got into plants and I was collecting very heavily and I had like 350 house plants in my 900 square foot home. Um, 350? Yeah, I pretty much had to open a store. I had no choice. (laughs) (laughs) It was out of control. Um, And it really didn't look as jungly as you would think. I probably could have fit 200 more in there. Um, Like you already have it calculated too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's basically my job now. (laughs) I have to figure out how many plants I can get everywhere and I try to fit as many as I can. So I'm very good at plant math. (laughs) Are there any plants that should not be in certain spaces or that you don't advise? Yeah. um, Like stay away. Darker rooms tend to be a poor spot for plants Mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, plants need light. But that's why I carry things like snake plants and ZZs. They can be in total darkness Mm -hmm. and they're happy with it. So as far as plants in certain rooms, I wouldn't say the room would determine where you would place the plant, but more the amount of light and the amount of moisture that would be in that room or the amount of fluctuation, like in a, in a laundry room where it gets hot and cold and dry and moist plants would probably struggle in there a little more. I would put something a little tougher in there. And then same thing, if you have a really hot south facing window, I wouldn't put like shade like peace lily or something. It'll burn. It's more about the setup of the room than what room it is. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there is some kind of meaning, but I'm, I'm not as familiar with that. I'm all about the plants (laughs) (laughs) wherever they're going to thrive is where they go. So NASA did a study at some point and they had all these, I think it was a top 10 or top eight plants for your office or for your home. Uh, do you recommend any of those off that? Do you carry any yes. of those? Yes, I carry all of those. Um, not because NASA said so, because I wanted to, but because <laughs> now that NASA has said, I feel very confident. You were doing um, it right. Heck yeah, so. I was right and science says so. <laughs> um, snake plants are a great one. They, they clean the air really well. And those are the ones I was saying that can live in total darkness. You water those babies like once a month. So they're the easiest things ever. Um, spider plants are another one that they suggest. And again, they're very, very easy. They need very little care. If you forget them, if you accidentally overwater them, they're very forgiving. And if you get one, you'll have like a hundred by the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they're really fun for sharing. Um, and then like pothos and the vining philodendrons are the same thing. They're very easy. They can live in artificial light. Um, so they're really good for an office and things like that. They don't need a lot of care and you can propagate them too and have a bunch So those, yeah. And NASA did say that you could live in a room that was totally sealed. And it's been a while since I've read this report, but I think it was seven snake plants. You can live in a totally sealed chamber and they would produce enough oxygen for you to survive. God, that's great. Yeah. So you need lots of plants for survival purposes. There it is. (laughs) Sold. Yeah. All right. NASA says so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Crystal, tell us just what's on the horizon for the plant project. Oh my gosh, everything. So this is my favorite. Sometimes I I go off on huge tangents, but the main thing that I want to focus on most immediately is we are going to start making the leap into landscape maintenance. Um, We have the equipment and everything and the staff ready to rock and roll, just getting some licensing and all of that in order, but that we will be launching that hopefully next week. Um, I already have a wait list for some people. So 
I'm really excited about that. Just doing like, you know, mowing edgings, pulling some weeds, some cleanup, all that stuff that we don't have time for, but the crazy people like us love to do. Um, and then, you know, some small installs. I don't want to do major landscaping because we are not set up to do that. But, you know, if one of our maintenance com- uh, customers said, hey, I have this planter bed and I need something cute, then I would love to do the consultation and install for that stuff too. So working into a little bit more outdoor, which is my original plant passion. That's exciting. Yeah. And working on some indoor setups um, to do more gardening inside too, because that's why I started in house plants. Winter is way too long to not grow something. And uh, as fall is about to be upon us, I want to be able to keep growing inside. So we're working mm-hmm. with another company to get that going. And we'll be announcing that very soon too. Ooh, all right. Awesome. Gardening inside. So despite all the things you're going to do, which already sounds like a whole <laughs> bunch in about five years, what are the dreams do you have uh, for the plant project? <laughs> Oddly enough, um, not anything related to that. I'm hoping to achieve those faster than that. Um, in five okay. years, I would like to have a greenhouse and be able to supply my own shop. Um, I used to grow some of my own things when I first started and was online only. And that's kind of where my love of plants lies is in the actual plant care and the growing and the propagation. Um, and I've been pulled away from that because I cannot grow plants fast enough now, (laughs) but I would love to be able to start doing that. At least I know I won't be able to supply everything that I need for my shop, but I'm looking at maybe a couple plants that mean something to me that I will start producing for my own shop. That's great. I hate to ask this question, but I feel like I have to, because I know that you probably love many, many, many plants, but is there one that just like really stands out to you that is just almost your favorite among all of them, or you always have to have? It's always really hard, but I think that this question's getting easier for me to answer because I hear it a lot. Okay. And now that I have so many plants in my shop, I've downsized my personal collection a lot, like significantly. I probably only have 20 plants now. From 350. From 350. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just didn't have the time. When I moved to my bigger location, uh, I lost a lot of them because I was just, I took on a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to get the shop ready to be open. And um, I went from, you know, renting a shelf space to having a 2000 square foot building. So there was a lot to buy, a lot to fill, a lot of furniture, uh, just a lot. And so I sold them or unfortunately some of them died. Now you guys don't have to feel bad. Okay. We kill plants too. Yeah. That didn't <laughs> don't do it on purpose, but it happens. Um, so I lost a lot of them. And, but what I really realized is there were certain ones that no matter how busy and tired or sore or anything I was, I did not let those ones die. Mm-hmm. And they were my aglionemas, and, which are Chinese evergreens oh. and my Hoya collection, okay. which both of those are really well known for not needing a lot of water. And so that's probably why they made it. <laughs> but that's why I love Hoyas, especially they need small pots and very little water. And so that's that's good. You can have a lot of them since there's only small pots. And they don't need a lot of water. In fact, they hate water. So, um, and so there's tons of varieties. Yes. So I really love them. And then outdoor, probably apple trees. Oh. Apple trees. Yeah. That's- I love outdoor plants. I Apple trees are a little sentimental thing. So my best friend who I, um, I considered my brother passed away. And that was kind of a connection that we had. Um, I met him working in one of our nurseries and we used to go pick all of the apples together and snuck to his grandma's farm in the middle of the night and climbed her apple trees and stole all of her apples and (laughs) (laughs) things like that. And I just love the, 
they produce so much and it's so nurturing. And, you know, if you have an apple tree, you have plenty of fruit to share with people. So I, just, I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a nice crisp apple? <laughs> Well, Crystal, this has been such a fabulous interview. We can just tell you're so passionate. You're so driven. Mm -hmm. We're so glad that you got to come on here and tell us about your story um, and tell us about, you know, the plant project. So tell our listeners where they can find the plant project. um, And if you have a website or phone number or anything like that. Yeah, we are um, out on Trent at our new shop. I guess it's not new now. I'm almost one year there. <laughs> oh, so congratulations. Exciting. But we are in the valley on Trent at 7413 East Trent, uh, right there at Trenton Park, in between um, like North 40 and Scraps. Okay. Yeah. It's actually a really great location. Yeah. It's real close to, to us, so we love it. <laughs> yeah. I hear that a lot, too. People are like, oh, no, this is dangerous. You moved closer to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you have a website and a Facebook? Yes. Yeah. Um, Facebook and Instagram, The Plant Project WA. And my website is www.theplantproject.shop. Awesome. Well, listeners, make sure you go and check it out. The shop is so cute and perfect and your staff are awesome willing to answer any questions that anybody has they're so awesome yeah so we can't let you go without doing the spitfire round (laughs) are you ready i'm ready (laughs) all right let me kick it off with if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only eat one thing what would it be oh It's hard because immediately I want to say pineapple, but knowing what I know about plants, (laughs) they would not do very well in a desert, but I'm sticking with pineapples. Okay. (laughs) I might only have one then, but I don't know. All right. So what is your favorite coffee order? Oh man, that's tough. I like anything with cinnamon. I like spicy coffee. So I usually get, um, this is from our gals down the road. Um, I believe it's a campfire. Campfire is white coffee and cinnamon, or white chocolate and cinnamon. Mm, when you awesome. say spicy, do you mean like with some cayenne pepper in there? I would, yeah. Nice, like an. Aspect usually coffee. they don't have them, but cinnamon is is my go to usually. But yeah, I've had I've had them with cayenne. It's really good. Let's see. Okay, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ooh, I think invisibility would be fun. Heck yeah. I'm also a massive introvert, so I really hope for that often. (laughs) If you could meet anyone dead or alive, who would you choose? Oh, wow. Um, Bob Ross. Hands down. That is such a great answer. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you just get so many major points for that. I have um, a Bob Ross talking bobblehead that sits on my desk at the shop. And when I was a para, I had a little area and it was all Bob Ross. I had a Bob Ross chia pet. Once the chia died, I put a spider plant in it. Yeah, I have tons of Bob Ross stuff and I love everything he's about. The art, the plants, the being calm, all of it. (laughs) I love him. I just recently watched that documentary and he was like, it was such sad. a great yeah. person. And yes. it was really sad how he was taken advantage of. Yeah. And um, but such a great, kind man. Yeah. So talented, so too. There's a documentary I got to watch. Apparently. Yes. And there's a documentary. All yep. Right. We'll add it to your list. There it is. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite band or artist? Everyone. <laughs> I pretty much love everything but country music. Um, <laughs> I love music and I have it playing all the time. I really love Snoop Dogg. And John Mayer. I know I'm all over the place. Heck right. yeah. And Jason yeah. Mraz. You go. I don't know. I like everyone. I just love music. Mm-hmm. Unless it's 
twangy. I can't handle that. Not yeah, I'm with you on that. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. You, with the 90s rap, you're good. As long as <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, the 90s yeah. I got rap the old school hip hop and rap. <laughs> you know, I was born in the mid 80s, so. All right. So, what is your favorite emoji? Oh, I usually use the laughing till you cry one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems appropriate. Um, I, I also use the the censored curse word one. Okay. Um, if like we're being those, honest. You can't, you, can't, uh, Heck yeah. you can't confuse those for anything. No, no, nice. you cannot. I'm very, very to the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last but not least, the one we always have to ask our guests, Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Ooh. I'm going to go with Rolling Stones, although that's, right. that's a tough one. All right. Rolling Stones are on a roll. Well, thank you so much again, Crystal. This has been awesome. Go check out The Plant Project, everybody. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram. Go to their website and definitely stop in and meet Crystal because she's just fabulous. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. <laughs> Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.